Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Women Entrepreneurs Global Podcast, Mindset for Success, where today I'd like to explore the unconscious struggles that female entrepreneurs um, have had to overcome in order to be successful. And I am your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and today I'm really thrilled to hear from our guest, Fernanda Carapina. She is truly an amazing woman who has pursued her passions for learning and business and bringing people together who are deeply committed to empowering women. And she's recently founded Women's Entrepreneur Global, the first virtual startup uh, studio um, by and for women. Previous to this, Fernanda had a successful career as the director of development at Paramount Studio for 20 years. And she's also been a successful serial entrepreneur and has founded uh, 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 4Digital and 4Digital Entertainment. So please join me in a warm welcome to our distinguished guest, Fernanda Carapina. Thank you, Leslie. So nice to be here and be part of your show. Thank you. So, Fernanda, as you know, it takes a lot to be a successful female entrepreneur. And while business acumen is critical, we rarely talk about the psychological challenges that women often face to achieve this success. And I like to talk about these as the unconscious struggles that create doubt and undermine success and can really destroy self-confidence. So what I'd like to do today is to ask you to tell us, given your successful career as an entertain in entertainment, what made you want to go out all on your own and become a serial entrepreneur? Um, well, I think that um, initially when I when I left the entertainment business um, and I worked for various um, networks and studios, um, I, it was really a lifestyle change because I, I was at a point in my life where I wanted to start a family. And I really felt that I needed to transition transition to something that was a little bit more flexible in terms of my time and my time commitment. And I also was tired of being um, an executive and really craved the um, opportunity to really drive the creative process um, more directly, as opposed to working with writers and producers and developing their shows. I, I really wanted to be the writer producer. So when I originally left, it was to become a creative entrepreneur, which all producers are. And um, I started writing and producing content. I started my own production company. And that was really how I wet my, my feet in the entrepreneurial world. After doing that for a number of years, I really felt uh, back in 2014, I believe it was, that the entertainment business was a little bit behind the times in the way they were integrating technology um, and and digital into the development of their content. And I really felt that tech development needed to be an integral part of content development from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And so I started for digital entertainment and for digital at that time to really develop software to um, exploit content IP uh, on various platforms and in different ways, whether it was innovating around distribution or production or embedding um, um, 
different IP opportunities within content itself that could be monetized later. So it was more of a 360 um, view of how content could be monetized. And after you know successfully doing that, I built a tech company that's very focused on data analytics specifically. Um, I really started to experience frustration around what I viewed to be a lack of support in the startup ecosystem for women. And having started out in the entertainment business, knowing very well the struggles that women have on the corporate side, I knew that um, a different path was honestly really needed in order to help women build successful businesses. Because as I'm sure you know, the statistics are pretty awful where only even though you know you have 40% of all entrepreneurs are female only 3% get funded by VCs so when you look at the statistics clearly we need to forge a new path which is really why I started uh, we global um, and I, I did so and I wanted to create a, a startup innovation studio for women where you could bring people of all different expertise, just like a regular content studio does to help women build their companies from the ground up. And these are either called VC studios or startup studios or startup factories. They have different names. But it's a new new phenomenon that's really occurred in the last four or five years. And I think the idea really is instead of being focused on raising capital, which seems to be all entrepreneurs' obsession because it's a necessity, it's really to change the focus to creating revenue and creating solid businesses um, from the very beginning and um, to structure your business plan so that you can rev flow early so that you can bootstrap better so that you um, have better metrics to go out upon which to raise capital because the bar is very high and the bar is very high in particular for women because they typically look for women who are serial entrepreneurs or they look for founders who are serial entrepreneurs. They look for at least a million dollars worth of revenue in terms of traction. They look for a lot of success metrics and those success, success metrics are difficult to attain for first time female founders. And we hope to make that difference. And what sorts of things have you learned in terms of being a creative for yourself versus a creative for in the entertainment world? How does it feel different? How was it difficult? Well, I think the difficult, the, the hardship, I think, generally speaking, and I think this applies to my experience as a, as a creative individual, I'm also a published author, um, as well as an entrepreneur, is the selling. I think, you know, generally speaking, selling is the hardest part. Um, you know, for example, I have a daughter who's 12 and has started two companies that she's now launched on, on Pinterest and she's making jewelry and she's making lip gloss. And she makes this stuff all day long, but she has sold very little. And I keep saying to her, at some point, you got to work on the business plan and you got to sell this stuff. We can't just keep buying product. And, and I think building your company and making the product, whatever that product might be, whether it's software, whether it's shoes, whether it's, you know, a baby carrier, it doesn't really matter, is the fun part. And I always advise women to start at the end and work backwards, which is presume your product is done. And now what? And start there because it's going to make your journey that much harder. So as a creative producer, you know, writing a script, for example, or finding material and then packaging it, the hard part then is getting in the door to get meetings, right? It's all part of the selling process. So you need a network 
to get you those meetings. As an entrepreneur, you need a network in order to get you in the door with uh, potential customers, whether it's on the enterprise side or if you're raising capital on the VC side or the angel side. So having a strong network to help you with sales, having good sales skills, and and knowing your market and knowing your edge and how to position yourself against the competition. I think those are universal struggles that all entrepreneurs have that really require a lot of honing. And I think also in terms of the selling piece, which is talked a lot about for women entrepreneurs, is that um, sometimes yucky money piece, right? Where it's hard as a woman sometimes to feel comfortable to ask for a raise or to or ask for money for your startup because of all the uncertainty of whether or not you're being greedy or you're not good enough or not ready enough. And I wonder if over your sort of lifespan of being a serial entrepreneur that that has changed your sense of being able to be more comfortable with money or was it difficult in the past and it still sometimes is? Um, yes, it, it was difficult in the past and, and it, it sometimes is. I think it's a constant struggle to, um, to get what you need from, uh, from, a, from a second party. And I think for me personally and individually, um, some of it is a little easier by virtue of my upbringing. I was raised by immigrant parents and I had a very tough father. So I'm, I'm used to dealing with um, kind of difficult personalities and I'm used to, to dealing with kind of the show me attitude and it doesn't intimidate me. And also working in the entertainment business and being a senior entertainment executive and dealing with a lot of male producers that you're giving that you're giving notes to, and you're saying, you know, you need to change this in your script. You need to change this. This actress isn't going to work, and standing up against them. Um, and when I was in the business, I was always assigned to writers and producers who were very volatile. That was kind of my specialty. So <laughs> I, you know, I didn't mind it if people threw things at me. I didn't mind it if people screamed because, again, I came from a European family that screamed a lot. So I was very comfortable with that. I wasn't comfortable with passive aggressive behavior, however. So, um, so I think feeling very confident and calm as a woman is really important. But when you go out to raise capital, it's just, you know, it's a different boys club. It's a different game. And, you know, people look at you um, very, um, you know, very, very uh, critically about whether or not you actually have what it takes. And if you haven't done it before, just like everything else in life, you need to prove that you actually are going to deliver. Um, so that's why I think women need a, a huge network. And by network, I just don't mean people you can call for meetings, but and not just people who can coach you. But you need a lot of people around you telling you that you've got what it takes and giving you that edge and knowing how to sell yourself. One of the nicest things I've ever heard after going out and raising capital was that I was a fundable CEO. Mm. And, um, and there's nothing better to hear. Um, so it really strikes at the court of leadership. And I think women are acutely, uh, able to really hone their talents, their multidisciplinary talents 
that they have had their whole lives to lead in a corporate environment or in an entrepreneurial environment. They're able to multitask. They're able to wear a lot of different hats. They're able to troubleshoot. They're incredibly resourceful. They're empathic. All these things that it require that are required for strong leadership. But I think even though the statistics are out there where, you know, women, you know, you can go and research that female founders, their companies outperform male founders by like 30%. And, and those statistics continue to grow, but you don't see the funding that comes behind it. So we all need to keep uh, working and innovating around new solutions and new paths in order to um, get our seat at the table. And, and part of it, I think, also is, the, is what you're doing with WE, which is to be able to really um, set up a strong network um, of mentors to kind of help women along through some of these more difficult, I mean, especially in the financial areas and selling perhaps also as well. And I wonder if you had mentors in your life that made some of this easier for you and um, and and what did you do or how could you suggest to our women listening today to find that kind of peer support? Well, I think uh, for me personally, I didn't have mentors. Um, and therefore, I think that's really my desire to create We Global. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was because I, I want other women to have what I didn't have. Because you save a lot of time and you save a lot of money by having people around you say, you know, don't go right, you want to go left. But it's it's not only kind of psychological and emotional support, but it's really uh, operational support. I think that that's really what really distinguishes our group from other groups. While I feel that emotional support is important, I think it's really important to have women say, no, you don't want to hire that CTO. This is what you need. You need this kind of person. You need to really consider this platform. Um, go with this company. Don't go with that company. Um, You want to iterate this way, don't iterate that way. You want to start enterprise partnerships now, don't wait until after your beta is done. You know, real strategic, tactical membership, uh, not mentorship, but mentorship, yes, is really what's required to make the difference because we don't have... We don't have the luxury of time as women. When you look around and see what's going on in the world, we need more women in leadership positions everywhere. And I strongly believe that in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, it's the fastest route to really transforming um, this leadership vacuum that we have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it goes to the heart of the matter, which is if you're informed, you can make better decisions and all of that kind of uh, unconscious struggle stuff of anxiety and worry gets to be kind of put aside because now you're really informed and know what's going on and have something that is not really just about you, but just about what's out there that you can do independent of who you are. Take this step, do this with this person, um, which makes mentoring, you know, especially the way that you're looking at doing it really helpful, I think, for women entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think that, you know, the thing that is missing in a lot of the entrepreneurial ecosystems for women is this notion of a collective force. And I really am very passionate about 
the collective intelligence that you get when you put a large number of female founders in a room or on a platform to really talk not just about their experiences, but to really begin to advise one another. Because no one really knows better than those that have really kind of walked through the fire. And um, it's a huge missed opportunity that really exists in a lot of female founder groups today because a lot of women are competing with one another for capital within those groups. They're doing demo days, pitch nights, they're schmoozing, even accelerators and incubators. They're all competing with one another for money. So -hmm. therefore, there is not a lot of sharing. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of competition. And that will not happen on our platform because I think there are much bigger riches to be had by collectively joining forces to help one another build our companies um, and get to the finish line. And and looking down the road, once these companies are built, creating that network and mentorship of CEO founders who help one another with staffing, with growth, with strategy, with partnership alliances, that's what you want. That's what's going to make a big difference. And, and that's kind of the strength, I guess, what we're also talking about in terms of women is that if you take away the competitiveness, then there is this really collaborative circle um, that allows you to really be lifted up and um, encouraged by women who've had experiences that may be something useful for you. Whereas perhaps in a, in a men, in a setting with men, maybe it'd be more difficult to feel that. But with women, it's you know, the competition, if it's, if it's been able, if you're able to take it out, then it's much more collaborative. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and I, and I think that the other, the other big issue that exists with women is this sense of, you know, kind of, um, lack. Um, and, and that is that when women finally reach a level of success as an entrepreneur, even as an executive, some women are incredibly generous and other women aren't. Mm. And we are not collectively going to get anywhere unless we all unify together under one mission to really put women in positions of power so that we can lead, so that we attain the wealth that is required in order to really transform our uh, our cities, our towns, our countries, and this planet. And if you know you've reached it, you've reached the top. If you're running a a female uh, VC, let's say, and you don't want to work with other women who have other female VCs and maybe going out and raising capital together as one force, and you don't include other women's groups as one force, then we're really missing out on an opportunity to really. Uh, make big transformative changes where, you know, it's just a drop in the bucket here, a drop in the bucket here. You know, one woman's getting some level of success. um, Another woman isn't. I mean, we're not getting anywhere. It's now 2020 and we haven't made the level of, um, you know, there hasn't been a level of change that we really had hoped by now. And And it really starts with us. We are that change. And do you feel like that's what's starting to happen? Is that there's more movement on that? That women are sort of looking to sort of get together, much like what you're doing, and be less um, concerned about the competitiveness and more concerned about the group effort and the group power going forward. I think there's a greater awareness um, that women have not done what men do all day long. Men get together who are competitors and create alliances because it's in the greater, it's in the, it's in their greater, it's in their best interest to do so. 
uh, even even people who have been enemies form alliances, business alliances, because two plus two is ten. And and women haven't done that. And I think that women need to really look at how men strategically have grown and scaled their businesses by doing things that have been outside the box, uh, because they understand that um, there's going to be a greater positive benefit to their their own self-interest by doing so. And if we had to put these unconscious struggles in there, do you think part of that's because women carry some unconscious struggles that we've been talking about today that make things more difficult for them to be open and upfront about what's going on? And, and yeah, that's what holds them yeah, absolutely. Because I think women feel like if I, if I got, a hundred million dollars, I better hang on to it because I don't know if I'll get 200 million next year. Mm -hmm. If I, if I just got this deal, I better hang on tight. It, whereas I think men come from a place of there's always more, Mm -hmm. there's always more prosperity is around the corner. Um, it flows to me. Whereas I think women don't, they, they are hanging on for fear Mm -hmm. that there won't be more. And I think that is something that is a huge unconscious struggle that is one of the things that holds back women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to just sort of end, end up here with, um, uh, I understand you're developing a video series for Women Entrepreneurs Global to air in the, in the near, near future. You, can you tell us a little bit about what that show is about and what we can learn, where we can sure. learn more? Sure. So, um, so Women Entrepreneurs Global, um, known as We Global for short, is both a startup innovation studio where we literally build businesses and partner with women in building their businesses, and also a hybrid uh, digital do-it-yourself platform. And as part of our platform offerings to our female founder members, we will be developing um, all kinds of content, podcasts, video series, um, and editorial content, as well as providing very specific resources that help women build their businesses around the world. And as part of those video series, we will be offering kind of soup to nuts um, business content that allows women to watch at their leisure and really learn what they need to know to build a business from very early days to kind of later stage operational uh, business content. And in addition to that, we're also creating um, what we call um, uh, mindset content around leadership and personal development, because in order to be a successful founder, it's it's very much a, a head game as well, just like in sports. Mm-hmm. That's why sports psychology exists. So we really want to help women to become the best um, leaders that they possibly can be. So we'll be developing a lot of content around that. We are launching that content um, in November. We will be starting with a series in October, which will feature all the thought leaders behind We Global. And you can go to our website, which is womenentrepreneurs.global, for uh, more information and register to become a member and um, learn more. Thank you. And thank you so much, Fernanda, for um, openly sharing today with us um, and our listeners some of your inspirational psychological journeys which you've taken to become the successful female founder that you are. 
Um, I also wanted to say that those of us that uh, we global are committed to powering the success of female founders. And for more information, as you said, our guests can, can um, visit Women Entrepreneurs Global for the first startup studio for women. And remember, part of helping our young founders move ahead is for us to facilitate an open and non-stigmatizing dialogue about common unconscious struggles, such as the fear of failure or of not being good enough and that loud, chattering internal critic. So please tune in next week for more Mindset for Success. I'm Dr. Leslie Knutson, and you can drop me a line at drlesliknutson at drlesliknutson.com. Thank you. Thank you so much.